Welcome everybody out there to the Powder and String podcast. We greatly appreciate y'all tuning in. Thanks for following. If you would go ahead and subscribe, download all that, we greatly appreciate it. Today, I have got two of the GSSF uh, team uh, shooting sport members, a team that we at Powder and String uh, help and uh, support. We, we uh, have them here to sit here and talk to us today. And we're going to talk about GSSF shooting, um, how they've become to where they are today, and how they've, um, you know, had the successes that they had. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but in the studio today, I've got Andrew Yoder and I've got Doug Swanson. And I uh, can't tell you guys how much I appreciate you guys being in here today. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I don't know, maybe Doug, start with you. And if you want to tell our listeners out there, you know, maybe a little bit of your backstory, how you got into shooting, what, okay. you know, what what you do and yeah. in your real life. and My real life. Yeah. Not my competition weekend life. There you go. <laughs> well, one, one quick uh, little fun thing is um, between the three of us, we have eight daughters. There you go. All right. So there's some common ground there. Uh, in my daily life, I am a father of four girls and a husband, Christian, and um, chiropractor by trade. Um, second generation, one of those. My dad is a chiropractor of 45 years, and I specifically specialize in kids and families. Um, kind of been my passion. Andrew knows all about that. He brought his kiddos in. And that's fun. Um, I'm a big kid at heart, so getting to take care of kids and having fun with them is it's a blessing. Uh, when... COVID happened and everybody lost their friggin' minds for a year. Even if you believed it or didn't believe it or whatever you want to think yeah, about that. That's a whole nother, <clears throat> that's a whole nother, uh, direction we could go. Um, but whole basically podcast. Yeah, nothing was open, right? You know, right. the world was being very cautious. And so we live on 10 acres and I just started shooting. Um, I had a Glock 34 at the time. Um, one of my buddies said, Hey, let's, you know, do you have a 22 rifle? And I was like, no, he's like, let's get one. Let's start plinking. So I got into it, man, I got hooked. And so I built out my own home range. It's now like 150 yards. You can shoot and move and um, lots of steel plates been purchased. And uh, so you mean to tell me, and, and I've known Doug for a couple of years now. Yeah. We opened the shop. Um, we're coming up on our two-year mark. And I, I think I knew of you before that, but didn't. But I wouldn't. I would say I definitely didn't know you. I just knew of you probably because you're a chiropractor, and um, my my cousin, who's also my best friend, is a chiropractor here in town, Doctor okay. Goodrum. Okay. Um, so I think that's why I knew the name or, or or knew of you. But you you mean to tell me that you've only really been shooting for two years, three years? Yeah, wow. self taught. I actually am left handed, right eye dominant, and after I learned what I needed to do, I taught myself to shoot with my left eye. By closing my right eye for six months. Now, I literally could go out my back door and shoot every single day if I wanted to, and I did. Uh, you know, if I, you had to guess how many rounds you think you shot in those in that three years, mm. maybe we shouldn't put it on record because <laughs> your wife will probably no, listen to this. She, she's okay with it. Um, well, the last month you've probably shot at least four thousand, probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's break that down. How do you? How many do you think you shoot? Well, I can competition. will this weekend we'll we'll shoot what? Um, out three hundred rounds yeah. just in, competition. in the competition. But in, in a let's just say a week, on a, on a general week, how many rounds do you think you shoot? Five hundred. Five hundred. Okay. Yeah. All right. And and that's just shooting now. Dry fire practice and getting grips and you know working on 
coming off the buzz or things we'll talk about yeah. in the podcast, but there's, there's not a single day in this last three years that I haven't had a gun in my hand. It's just something that, I don't know, in boyhood, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, you played army guy. And, and you had guns before, you just didn't to this extent. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had a 42, the first Glock I bought. And then I, you know, then there was that shooting in, in a church in Texas and I went into a shop and I was like, so what, what does a guy need? Um, you know, if he's really looking to be defensive with a pistol, they, they suggested a competition G34 Gen 4 at the time. That's mm-hmm. not something I would carry, but it's in defensive measure at home. That'd be mm-hmm. a, that'd be a solid choice. Okay. Uh, so I learned to start shooting with that. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but. When I, you know, here I am sitting with you and, and we see each other now, probably I would say on a weekly basis. Right. Um, and that's just, it really caught me off guard to know that, I mean, I guess I just assumed that you'd been shooting for a mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. Now I really feel inferior. Yeah. I was shocked too. When I first found out that's actually what pushes me to want to be better too. Cause how I think good it he gives got me hope. Term, right. Like yeah. I still got, they're, they're, they're saying there's a chance. Exactly. So a I'm, chance. I'm a, I'm an all-in kind of guy, right? So right. once I find my thing, so I played competitive golf go, growing up, played in college on scholarship. You know, mm-hmm. I was all in on that. You know, having four daughters, you don't have time to play golf, but I have time to shoot because I can literally walk outside, get that adrenaline rush in a magazine, come back inside and be done. Love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. can continue on. So you're, you started shooting three years ago. Yep. Got into it. And then uh, one of my patients suggested I do a steel challenge. And I was like, what's a steel challenge? They're like, well, over in Wellington, there's a range, outdoor range called Trigger Guard, and they have like monthly competitions, just different things you can go and try out. So for the first month, you know, I got on the website and looked up what was going on. And one day I just finally took the bait and went for it. And I was, I've been hooked ever since. Met Andrew there. I've been, we're getting to be really, really good friends. Um, we travel together now to shoot and compete. And uh, ever since then, you know, I started doing Steel Challenge. And then Mike was like, maybe you should try our Glock practice matches. Because mm-hmm. we, we have a Sunflower State Classic in October. And I was like, all right. So I started doing Glock practice matches, and I was, I was doing pretty good. And then he's like, well, you, need to, you actually need to sign up for our match, like become a GSSF member. And so I was like, all right. But I don't want to embarrass you at your home range. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, was, even he, though – He was in the shop earlier today, so – even though I felt like I was a decent shooter. So I went to Hallsville, Missouri and got my, my first competition jitters out, took first place as an amateur there. And, um, That's awesome. I've really been pursuing it ever since. So, um, got really serious when I thought, yeah, I, could do I would well, say, so. I mean, like I said, that, that your story, you learn something new every day and your story is, it's, it's very, I think it's really, not only is it really cool, but it's also, it, 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 one of the, well, I talked about Mike coming in the shop today and, one of the things I talked about him was needing to shoot more. Since we started the shop, my I, my shooting at the range has almost completely fallen off of a cliff. Um, this this thing has has taken off. We're super excited about it, but man, right. it's just gone crazy. And I was like, I need I need you to help me hold me accountable. Like I'm going to set up a time to come out, and like, that's going to be a time for me to come shoot. Right. But that being said, um, you know, I'm thinking to myself, man, I don't. I don't even know if I want to go shoot in front of him because of how bad I'm going to be. I haven't, I literally really, really haven't shot hardly at all there's, in two there's years. There's no egos, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. No. we're just glad you're out there. And if he sees something that he knows you can improve on, he'll right. tell you. And you won't want to hear him oh, say yeah. it again all of the time. So, well, but. I'm, I already, yeah, we already know where this is going to right. go with him. Yeah. But, yeah. 
But um, no, but it's it, but hearing you say well, three years, you know, that's that gives, I, I for me personally, but I think for anybody that gives them a lot of hope because um, as you guys that are listening are gonna gonna realize here real quick, these guys are a couple of crack shots. I mean, these guys can shoot well, thank lights you. out. On the other end of the spectrum is Andrew, who's been shooting right. So a Andrew, long let's time. yeah, tell us tell us your story, if you will. Well, so um, I am the. Outside of shooting, mm-hmm. I work at the sheriff's office. I've worked right. there for almost 11 years. I'm the jail administrator. Um, my title is lieutenant. Thank you for um, your service, by the way. Yep, thank you. Um, and I've been shooting, well, uh, since about 2010. Um, 2009, 2010, I remember Dad went to, I think it was a GSSF shoot, and did really good. He was talking about how he was shooting these plates down really fast. Mm-hmm. And when he was talking about these plates, I thought he was literally shooting plates. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool, he shot these plates. And then... um we started going out in what is the range now. It was just his mm-hmm. backyard. There was just a railroad berm, 10 foot tall. We were shooting at, um, mm-hmm. he set up some, like a mock GSSF course. Uh, I don't think we had a plate rack at the time. So I always could shoot pretty good. Um, but well, and, and for the listeners that are out there, if you've listened to, to our, all of our podcasts, our number one first, first podcast we recorded was with your dad, Mike yes. Yoder. And so he's the owner of the trigger guard shooting range yep. um, located here in Wellington, Kansas. So. Yep, and that's in his backyard. Um, it's been open to the public for well, probably like 10 years now, mm-hmm. so um, I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, we started doing that, and then I think the very first competition I did was um, the Glock Indoor Shoot, which is just a stationary target. It's moved from 3 yards all the way to 25 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, it's timed from 15 seconds to sometimes 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did a couple of those. Always did okay, um, but then we started going to the – Glock outdoor shoots, and I would still, I was always like middle range shooter, um, and then started improving. I had goals like it's all timed, it's with time and penalties, um, and I ha- I was my goal was always to get a, to 100 seconds. So finally, I did that. We started getting, I started getting better and better. Then I, after like my sixth or seventh um, GSSF shoot, I made master, and then that really got me going. But then I kind of lost interest in competent competition mm-hmm. shooting. Um, I would still do it, and I was still pretty good. And then we started doing the still challenge out there. And the still challenge is um, how we do it at the trigger guard is there's five stages. Each stage can um, consist of five different targets, and they're in different formations. And then you take your best four strings out of five, and then you compile that time together, add it all up. And I started using a 22, just an old, like, 1970s Ruger 22, and I was out shooting everyone doing that. So I was like, man, okay. Um, I really like this. So mm-hmm. I started kind of getting more into it, um, started usually taking first with that. And then um, really didn't get real serious this up guy. until about a this year guy. and a half, really until Doug kind of reached out to me and he was, um, I saw how serious he was. And then um, I kind we kind of push each other, I feel like. And then I'm like the last year and a half, I've, I mean, my times have improved crazy. There's not a day where I don't pick up my gun, dry fire. I'm constantly dry firing, trying new things, um, working on my trigger, just any little thing that would give me um, mm. any sort of improvement, which really the main thing is going out there and shooting. Actually, Consistency. Yes. Going out there and shooting is Practice. the main thing. Because most of my guns are just stock. I don't have a lot going on with them. And one reason is because the GSSF Glock shoots, they have different categories. And there's only one category where you can um, shoot an unlimited gun, where you can do pretty much anything to your your Glock, um, and I don't shoot in that division, so um, the most I do to my um, 
like fastest gun is put a red dot side on it, and then I have the new Glock performance trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you, by the way. Yeah, yeah, you bet. We got <laughs> we were lucky when you know we we always work hard, you know, here at Pattern String to get inventory in that you can't find anywhere else, or it's really hard to find other places. And um, so we were able to you know land a pretty good chunk of those. And mm-hmm. yeah, and we were like the first people to get them. I would say that I saw. Or, like I think I reached out to you and said, hey. Be on the lookout for these. You're like, yeah. bam, here they yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. And I actually just this morning got an email from a sheriff in Georgia saying, hey, I heard you might have some of these in stock. And I said, well, yeah, we got a few left. And, uh, awesome. of course, we're still, you know, we're we're always trying to get things that you can't get anywhere else. And we we, we feel like we do a pretty good job of that. And it's, um, but, yeah, we got some of the performance triggers in. You guys loved them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. They're awesome. So he said you wanted to beat 100 seconds. Yeah. Can you tell him what you shot in our last practice match with your um, G44? It was like 36. So I think my record is like 36, 38 seconds. So I went from being barely able to shoot 100 seconds. Now so you down made to, a goal that you wanted to get under 100. Yes. Because I think you said over 100 when you said it the first yes, time. Yes, I misspoke. I wanted yeah, to, get so wanted to get under 100. Yep. The lower the time, the lower, better. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now you're shooting... Um, consistently, um, probably low fifties, high forties. Um, but every once in a while I'll get like a, a good low 40 or with my 22 sometimes in the thirties. So, and that's, I mean, I would say more, more my average is more like high mid forties, high forties right now. So if we can consistently get under forties, we're going, we're going to do pretty good. Mm-hmm. Our, I think our, both of our goals is to be sub 40 seconds. And mm-hmm. if you can do that, you're probably top 10 in the country. Yeah. Awesome. And my last one, I was at 40 seconds on the dot, pretty much. So we're, we're edging into the top 10 guys. That's awesome. Yeah. And we're super proud to be a sponsor for your guys' team. And um, so your guys' team, is a it's a four-man team? Five. Yes, there's five right now. Five-man yeah. five team. So it's us two, mm-hmm. Lisa Supon, um, Rusty. Rusty, Ulmer, and then my dad. Right. And obviously your dad's the weak link, and yep, you guys sure. have to yeah. help. <laughs> Pull him along and everything. We're yeah. sorry, but you know, by default, you know, we feel sorry for the old man. Well, he gets upset with us because we try to shoot like a million miles per hour, and he's like consistency, or you know, he, he's all. I mean, he can shoot fast too, but he's really <laughs> accurate, um, and that's yeah, one thing that we, helps me out. We were out practicing the plates the other day, and I was like, I just want to see how fast I can go out of control, and then we were doing that, and I was missing like crazy. And I said to Andrew, I said, I said I'm going to slow down. I'm going to get in control. I'm going to hit every single one of them. Here comes his dad. He's like, listen, guys, I don't want you going out of control. I said, I just told him that. <laughs> I said, I'm, I, I figured out what I couldn't do. Now I want to know what I can do. But I had to find out where that breaking point was so I can bring it a little bit under that and still be fast. And, you know, Experimenting. I, was, I was a half a second yeah. faster um, by going too fast. Um, then figured out what that happy medium is, that you can be fast but accurate. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have known that had I not missed a bunch. Right? Exactly. And so a lot of what we were practicing that day was the plates and the plate, mm-hmm. it's the Glock, the plates. There's three different division or three different, um, courses the out there, stages. Yeah. yeah. At the GSSF Glock shoots, there's Glock, the plates, um, Glock M and five to Glock. The plates, you shoot a six plate rack, you do it four times and that's your time. You mm-hmm. shoot them all down. If you miss, if you leave one standing, then it's a 10 second penalty and you have so 11 you're trying to get to under it. 40 so seconds with, yeah, with the plates, with the M and the five. Yeah, so, so if you're trying to get under 40 and a missed plate is 10 seconds, you're done. Oh, yeah, you it kills plate. you, so, for sure. Yep. So it sounds like the old man might have 
some kind of idea of, with regards to if oh, you yeah. miss one, you're done. Well, yeah. but you so and, and you get eleven rounds to get six plates, so you potentially have one shot makeup. Um, so, like one of my goals is to shoot the four the series of four mm-hmm. in a total of ten seconds. Okay, right, that's pretty fast. So you're shooting two and a half seconds. So from low ready, hear the beep come up, have your first shot off before one second, potentially between one second, 0.6 seconds, and get the remaining five shots off before, you know, two and a half seconds. Yeah. So it's moving pretty quick. And he's more consistently shooting the plates faster than I am. I mean, I'm we're pretty neck and neck on most things, but I think he, he usually edges me out with the plates, usually. Mm-hmm. I think he's more consistent knocking them down. My problem is I'll miss, and then I'll just start pop, 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 and then I have one round left, So <laughs> which I almost always knock them all down. Um but I'm getting a lot better at that too. And that's one thing where if I just take my time, slow down, don't think about anything else, just watch the front side, knock those plates down, I'll knock it down in Again, two and a half seconds. Yep. Right. And then this this past weekend, it's, a, it's awesome because we have variable different competitions. So we have Steel Challenge. We have um, the Glock Practice Match. We have Run and Gun. Sometimes we have three gun competitions. All the things that his dad puts on out there gives you versatility and types of shooting. Um, so this guy broke one of my records that I held at the range this past weekend. And guess whose record I beat? Mike's. Mike's. Yep. Yeah. Sure so did. there's a little bit of competition. Oh yeah. If you can't pick yep. it up, if if the listeners can't pick it up, there's a little bit of competition, and these guys are competitive and <laughs> and driven. Yep. Focused. So, yeah. I mean, it's, for sure. And it, it, you know, it's nice that uh, Rusty puts those records out there for us to see what is possible to break. Right. And, and for our listeners out there, um, you know. We hear you know, GSSF shoot. We hear matches. We hear you know, you know that the, there's competitions and stuff. Give a little bit of insight, if you will, with regards to how many people, how many shooters are at one of these. Maybe where you guys went to. What's what? Well, you know, what locations did you guys go to last year? Where was the last one we went to? Was it San Antonio, the Blackhawk shooting range? Yeah. But the biggest one we went to last year was tossed up between Dallas and Oklahoma City. Right. I'm pretty sure Oklahoma City had the largest turnout in the nation. Red Dirt Classic, I think it's what it's called, a Red Dirt Shootout. I think it was at least the large, if not in the nation, around that area. Mm-hmm. Um, Midwest. Yeah, the Midwest yeah. area. I and, think there was 600 or 700 shooters. Yeah, and there, yeah, there's a whole lot. And um, there's 600 entries, which some people shoot multiple entries, but out of 600 entries, that's probably at least three, 400 people. So there's three or 400 shooters, but you can enter as many different divisions, if you will. Correct. And, and there's like seven, eight different divisions. Could be more. I think nine or 10. Okay. Yeah. So there's nine or 10 divisions. And last year you guys went to Oklahoma City. What other big, big shoots did you guys go to? So I did um, Missouri, Hallsville, Hallsville, Missouri. Then I did Wellington. Then we both went to uh, Oklahoma City. Then we both went to Dallas. And we went to San Antonio to close out the year. Yep. And then we have College Station, Texas, um, end of March. That'll be our first outdoor. Yeah, College Station and um, down by Brian. Brian and College Station right together. We've been down there. Uh, Texas A&M. Yep, exactly. Um, so out of those shoots, how many of them did you guys place in? All of them. Yeah, we placed in all of them. I think the only one that I didn't get at least one first was – think the Dallas, but I got second, second, and I think third, something like that. Okay. And I'm trying to paint a picture here for the listeners out there so they can get in their mind exactly, you know, how competitive the shoots are, but also how much success you guys have had. 
Um, so you went to these different shoots and how many of them did you, how many total first place did you guys get in all the shoots that you went to last year? Oh, um, do you know how many you had? So since I started as an amateur, so when you, when you go, you're obviously an amateur, Mm -hmm. um, and you have to have three first place finishes to graduate to the master, um, like shooter in GSSF, which stands for Glock Shooting Sports Foundation. And there has to be enough amateur shooters, I think 10, in your division. Uh, at the shoots that you at play. At the first. shoots that you're at in the division you're shooting. So let's say you're shooting what they call um, amateur civilian. All right. Mm-hmm. There has to be at least 10 amateurs. And if you take first place, then you get what's called a, an issue. You get issued a pistol certificate. So you mm-hmm. basically win a Glock. Mm-hmm. And that's one of your three wins that helped move you towards master. Mm-hmm. Well, the first two shoots I went to, I took first as an amateur, but there wasn't enough amateurs to get issued a pistol certificate. So they just gave me cash, a cash prize. Mm-hmm. And so I had first places as amateurs, but not, not but, moving me towards my master's. But status. they didn't get you to the master's. Right. And so those shoots, how many shooters would you say were at those? Uh, there, I mean, obviously there wasn't enough amateurs, but. In my divisions that I like to shoot in, there was like nine instead mm-hmm. of ten. But in there was like 40, 40 masters, so that were up against 50 people. So I might have been first amateur, uh, but sixth overall or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, So that's for my first shoot. I was like, whoa, okay, I'm not I'm not too far off here. Uh, except for the guy that won it absolutely murdered everybody. His times were the fastest I've ever seen. So, now, so imagine you go to your first one, you do your personal best, but the guy – has the greatest time in history in GSS. I mean, you're like, okay, so I'm doing great, but then here's here's now the new goal, you know, 30 seconds. But this guy, was it the guy that was like a professional in USPSA and right. all these other things? So he just never shot a Glock shoot before. Mm-hmm. So he, I think they ended up making him a master based, wow. and he, he may have made it after winning those, I don't know how many divisions he was in. Clearly he should have been. Yeah, but yeah, right. so... Uh, I, I think I've I took first in at least five, six. I, if I didn't, if I wasn't first, I was second. Um, and with the five first places, you've had sounds like many seconds and thirds. And, yes. Okay. And that's right. just up until I mean, like the last two and a half years or so, when I really took it serious. I've been, mm-hmm. you know, it's been showing. Yeah. And so GSSF is, you know, they're not super like it's all about competition. It's, it's more like they want, you know. It, my wife shot in the one in Wellington. She mm-hmm. signed up, became a member, and was able to compete as an amateur female. Um, it's family friendly. Kids can do it um, as long as their parents are with them. Uh, so, it, it, at all ages. But on the top end are some really competitive shooters. But it doesn't. You don't have to aim for that if you don't want to. If you just want to get out and feel competition and and be around people who are generally happy that you're there, this is something you could look forward to doing. Yeah. So I guess maybe we should have talked about this up at the front, but GSSF stands for Glock Shooting Sports Foundation. Yeah, yeah, and it's and made it's made available by Glock. So Glock basically gives once there's enough entries, they give away pistols. So they're giving away 10, 10 guns per match. Oh, easily, if yeah. not more. And there's like sixty five matches around the country throughout twenty twenty three. So they're giving away, you know. 6,500 guns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cause they'll give away a, a gun for the first place in each division, which there, if there's 10, that's 10. As, and then there's random. As, as masters. Yeah. So that's, so it's double that. And they'll give away a gun to the first amateur. So they're giving away 20 guns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give or take. So the last year when you guys had all the successes that you had, those were on the master level. My, yeah, he, he was master after I think the first or second. Which I, one was so it? So it took me three matches to, <laughs> to get my first. So I took first in, 
Missouri. I took first in Wellington, but I didn't get issued a pistol certificate, neither one of those, and I thought I was. So I was like, I'm, I'm just one away from becoming a master. And we get to Oklahoma City, and I, I think I got two firsts, and so I got my first two, two certificates. And they're like, no, you, these are your first two. You're not actually a master. Because I was, I thought going into Dallas, I was already a master. And like, nope, you need one more. And I got it. And, and Dallas got my, my third win. Um, and so when we went to San Antonio, it was my first time as a master. Like we consider a pro or a master shooter. Mm-hmm. And I got a win as a pro or a master as well. That's nice. My first one. So out of curiosity, if you achieve it in the middle of the shoot, do you still retain your Amateur status yes. through that shoot, and then yeah. from there on, then you're a master. Then the next match. So after everybody's process, you, if you make the master status, you know the next next shoot you go to your next level up. Excellent. So if you guys could tell us a little bit about you know how do you become a member of GSSF and and maybe some of the benefits of the GSSF and and you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean it's I guess I probably have the most recent knowledge because everything's I don't know what it was like when you went joined. Yeah, it's, I, have years to, ago. I have to renew every year, but yeah, it's, I mean, you just go to the website. Um, GSSFpro.com. Yep, GSSFpro.com. Um, I think it used to be GSSF Online. I don't know if that's still where you, I think you can go either place um, if they're still available. And then you just sign up. I think it's like 25, 30 bucks for a year. You can do like a two-year membership or a uh, lifetime membership, which is obviously going to be more. Um, and then with that, you get a blue label pricing certificate. Mm-hmm. So you can go to any blue label dealer and get a Glock at a discounted price. Yep, powder and string. We're, we're a blue yep, blue label dealer, and so you come in with your certificate and um, you so get a gun. At, maybe you can describe to people what blue label is because outside yeah. of GSSF, I'm not aware of anybody else that's allowed to have blue label pricing as a customer. So I, th- I would tell you that that's the case. Um, to the best of my knowledge, um, obviously. So, blue label with with Glock and really with just about anybody is um, any of the manufacturers, if you will, is they've they've kind of expanded it as as they should have to include first responders, um, military, um, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but in my opinion, um, and I've said before on podcast, um, I'm not a Glock guy. I like Glocks, but I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not like, like Mike Yoder and I wear their underwear. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, that was, that was intended pun. <laughs> no, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and it's true. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> I got to tell you a funny story sometime about, um, when we told him about the Glock watch and I'll tell you in, in a minute, but All anyway, right. with regards to the, it's $300, the blue right. label, um, well, I'm going to tell right now anyway. So, <laughs> so he comes into the shop one day and we're, you know, we're talking and everything and we're always giving him a hard time. And so we said, Hey, did you hear about, you know, the new Glock watch? And he thought we were still giving him a hard time. And we're like, no, no, really it's, it's real. And he, you know, he doesn't believe us cause we're, you know, always joking, you know, back and forth and everything. And, and, uh, so we have to pull it up and, and, you know, show him for real. And he really thinks still that we, we didn't like we made the the you know we had we had this he still doesn't believe us like, yeah <laughs> even though we're showing him on the screen you know we pull our screens up and our screens are set up for our listeners are set up to where if you're at the front desk you can we can flip it around so that way the customers can see what we're looking at to help them you know select you know parts or guns or whatever and so I could tell that he still didn't think it was real and so as he's starting to walk out um, one of the other guys said well you know the one thing about it is is it's perfect twice a day. <laughs> 
And, wow. And we were doing it just to give him a hard time, but he didn't, so then he really didn't believe us. And I literally had to go out front and tell him, I'm like, no, hey, I'm being for real. Like it really is a real deal. We were just giving you a hard time because it's Glock. And, and I say that to be funny, but no, Glock is a great weapon. It's a, you know, it, it speaks for itself. It's awesome. But with their blue label, I, I believe that they handle it the best of anybody, any of the manufacturers out there. Um, they're very strict with their policy, as they well should be. I wish other companies would follow that because, um, you know, as a as a dealer, that's what we're trying to do is, we're you know, we, we're trying to do everything on the up and up, and we want it all to be right. And so um, basically Glock will um, allow blue label, um, you know, law enforcement, uh, military, the ability to buy two pistols a year at a discounted price. And when I tell you it's a discounted price, it is heavily discounted. Yeah, it's, it, is. It's, it is. It is. Um, it is a very, very, very good price. And then as a GSSF member, you get a certificate. One, one certificate per year that you remember every year. Yep. And you get the same discount as the, is the LEO and it's, first it's, it's the more. same, but it's just, a, there's a little bit of a tweak and I can't remember off the top of my head. There's just a, but it's basically within, within dollars of exactly yeah. the same. Okay. It's a great right. deal. So even if you go to the matches and you never win anything every year, you're going to get a massive discount on a Glock pistol yeah, it's, if you want it. The discount I'm going to have to say is probably at least four times the value of what your membership is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So it's, it's a pretty good deal. And that's, I mean, with being a member, you have that, and then you also are able to enter into the Glock indoor shoots, um, the GSSF indoor shoot, and the um, the GSSF outdoor shoot, which is what we primarily primarily do. And Glock also does something really cool, where like in San Antonio, I won a couple of pistols, and I'm basically at this point have like um, seventeen on Glocks. Um, uh, so who's keeping count? Uh, who's I mean, my wife? <clears throat> but. So there was one I, I didn't need. It was kind of weird to say, but I didn't need it. So there was a young patient of mine who had just gotten married, and he was carrying an old revolver. And so I, I recognize that he's a man that understands that he he's designed and created to protect people, his wife. And I just asked him one day, he's like, you know, what about a Glock? He's like, I've been looking, and this is the kind I want. And so I won one. And so what, what GSF would allow people to do is if you become a member, and I have a pistol certificate that I – don't want, I can issue it to you and it transfers from me to you. Then you just go to the FFL. So it'd come to your shop and Kip would come in and take the Glock pistol that I won. And that's now his for no cost, yeah. just the cost of the membership. So it's 25 bucks that person. So this is a way for me to, in, to increase the two A community by getting them becoming members. And I can issue pistol certificates to these people for pistols that I may win. So that was a, a blessing to him. He was very excited. He still hasn't got it yet. I think he's going to get it this month or something like that. Mm -hmm. It takes a little bit of time between issuing the certificate and coming directly from the Glock factory. But that's another benefit that we can help perpetuate this 2A community and help people understand that yeah, and get into, the importance of, yeah. of shooting and, and uh, competing if they want to and protecting and, and using their Second Amendment rights. Absolutely. And along with the GSSF, Membership. It's not just the certificate. You also get um, material and and safety stuff with regards to um, the shooting and, yep. and all that. There's a lot of additional added value. You if can you go will. to yes. a class that Glock puts on in Smyrna, Georgia. Um, both Andrew and I did the, the certified armors. armors course. So as a in your situation, you're able to do that because you're within law enforcement. But me as a as a civilian, um, I wouldn't normally be able to do a, a Glock certified armors course. But because I'm a GSSF member, 
uh, they allowed me to take the armor's course, just like your uh, your gunsmith. Yeah, so we have guy up front too. Yep, we got our gunsmith. Um, we have two two people in the shop that are actually um, you know Glock armors, and um, so you know it's a it's a great benefit uh, as well because those courses um, they're they're not easy. No. Um, it's a eight hour course, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I believe it was one eight hour course. Yeah, and I mean they go in and you. You have to take apart the Glock, put it back together. I mean, all the way down like twenty times. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're when you leave, you know exactly how to use that Glock, how it performs, and it's it's a really good course. Yeah, you know I mean, who the first person to put theirs together was in the class? Sounds like a com- competitive person. If I had to guess, it was hmm. me. <laughs> I was in the front row, so I wasn't paying attention. I was in the row behind him. I was watching him the whole time. I'm a faster. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no competition here. None. Um, so. I was told, because I have not gone through it, I intend to do it this year. Um, I wanted to have a couple of our other staff members do it before I did. Um, but I was told that you they'll take a gun, take a Glock apart, and put pieces in a box or whatever, and then you have to pick it apart. Is that true? So that is for the advanced. No, for the advanced course. course? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I was I, I was told, being told that story, and I, and I was told that they even mix, like, gen. Different you know, generations. Yeah. yeah. And guns. once you get into Glock, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to pick those things out. I mean, it, it becomes pretty obvious to the Glock fanboys mm-hmm. <laughs> what parts go in what guns. The hardest part is apparently, because uh, I haven't taken that course yet, but I, I do want to, is there's different things the Glock Armors class has to help you determine whether things are functional within the gun. Mm-hmm. So they may make you think that things this gun is dysfunctional, mm-hmm. but if you're not paying attention to the certain tests they have you do and listen to the sound and different things, you may be looking for a problem that isn't actually there. That's mm-hmm. one of the tricks apparently they do. So yeah. it's kind of fun. Um, and again, that's just one of those things that Glock, I mean, they just, the way they, they set themselves apart with regards to, you know, from everything from the way that they, their interaction with dealers, their interaction with their customers, their interaction, you know, with regards to, you know, training, you know, the GSSF, it's just, you know, I, I, there's, you can't, you can't deny that it's, a, it's, it's a very well, um, oiled machine, if you will. And I believe Glock is the only gun company that actually has their own competition that you can only use Glock guns in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's different, plenty of different competitions out there, but they're the only ones that give guns away, that it's sponsored by Glock, sanctioned by Glock. You, can, right. you have to yeah. use Glocks. There are mm-hmm. other, like, SIG has <laughs> SIG-sponsored shooters, but those right. guys go to those big, the other, USPSEA. Right. Um, Glock has a couple of the same sponsored shooters, pro shooters, but Glock has its, like Andrew was saying, its own competition. And the whole point, I believe, was to take a stock Glock pistol, mm-hmm. the pistol being the same amongst all shooters, but seeing who the actual best shooter is with nothing modified, with the exception of one division, which is unlimited, which happens to be the one I tend to win in because it's very modified. Mm-hmm. Um, but like like Matt, uh, like Mike said, we need to get better at you know certain pistols so we can become what's called a matchmeister, uh, which you get invited to a specific series of matches or one specific match, but... Um, but that, that's the great thing about Glock, the GSSF, is you have these stock pistols, and it's not the gun, it's the shooter that ends up coming out on top. And, that, and that's the great thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean, that just shows that the, the skills are there and, the, you know, the basic fundamentals. And, I mean, again, there's the same echo of the same thing over and over and over that we're talking throughout our, our conversation here is, is that, you know, competition and all of that is 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 definitely um, – here and you can you can even feel it hear it yeah yeah for sure but it's the fundamentals it's the same thing you know 
practice makes perfect, if you will. You know, Andrew and I have conversations all the time about the reason I am so passionate and, and competitive is because it is my responsibility to protect my family first and foremost. And Amen. I, I should not be able to outshoot any officer, but I can. Mm-hmm. And I, I really wish and pray that they would take some of their skills more respectfully and, and not that they don't, but if I can outshoot you, that's not a good thing for your field of work. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's just a call out to you guys. If you're not practicing, if you're not getting on the range and you have ammo supplied to you, certain, um, departments have that, you're not taking advantage of it. You, you absolutely should be. Yeah. Um, if- yeah, I would, I mean, and I would tell you one of the things that we do in the shop here is we, uh, we will, we'll ask somebody when they're coming in and, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's their first gun. And so one of the things we ask them is, is are you going to shoot 500 rounds a year? And they look at us like you got four eyes, you know, it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious because if not, then I feel as somebody who's you're coming to for advice that you should probably not be looking at a semi-auto because what are you going to do if that thing malfunctions? What are you going to do if it stovepipes? What are you going to do if it, you know, you have a mag issue, you're not going to know what to do or not be as, as keen with what to do. Yeah, and the, sure. the timing that it's going to take, and you guys would probably know better than I do, but it's was it somewhere under two seconds that you have from the time that uh, an identif- that you identify that there's an issue before you need to be typically shooting. it's less than seven yards and less than three seconds. I think yeah. that's the stats currently. Yeah, and so in that time frame, if you don't know how to fix whatever malfunctioned or went off with your gun, um, then at that point you've just got a, you know, a, a brick in your hand. Yeah, you you're will. screwed. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so then immediately we go back to, you know, we kind of lean towards a revolver. And then a lot of times their first response is, well, that's like the old West. Like it's, you know, that's an old technology. And you're like, well, yeah, but they've been around for a long time. And so they, you know, they're dependable. They're dependable. And then if you go to a hammerless, you've taken one more, you know, element out of it, if you will. And so it's just literally pull the trigger and, you, you know, then, then, then we get the response back of, well, I only got six shots or whatever, you know, six rounds. And well, if that thing, if that auto, you know, malfunctioned at the third round, you still got three more extra, you know, than you did right. there. So, um, I bring all that up just to talk about, you know, practice and, and, you know, as I've already said in here, I'm 100% guilty of not practicing, um, as I should, um, uh, I've let other things become, um, you know, take precedence over and, and that kind of stuff. And, and it's, and it's a responsibility, you know, and as somebody who, you know, carries every single day, right. um, for 14 years, um, I definitely should be um, practicing more and I'm going to make it a, make it a point. And there are tools that you, a guy could use. Um, I have what's called a cert pistol. It's a, it's basically a red gun. So you can absolutely tell it apart from mm-hmm. any other gun and it shoots a little, uh, laser beam. Mm-hmm. So you can get your, what we call your reps in, you know, Work on your grip, work on your presentation, work on your trigger control uh, without having to rack a slide every time, which is fine. But And then there's things called pro mags. You can stick like in a Glock. There's different things you can do to you know, spend a couple minutes every day just getting familiar with your operation of your gun and, and getting familiar with it. Um, I have friends that taught me, like, every time I pick up a gun, it just doesn't feel right in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one, it may not be the right gun for you. Yeah. You need to find the right one that fits your hand, your eyes. And two, if it doesn't feel familiar to you, it's because you're not you're not holding it enough. Uh, and that sounds really weird, but uh, it, you need to become familiar with that tool. So that I 100% you ever, agree with you. So should you ever need it, or to use it, to use it, um, 
you know what you're doing. You know, let me ask you guys something because this is something that that at least for myself, I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna tell you my answer until afterwards. But Andrew, do you when you when you go to the range to shoot? Um, and we already all talked about our everyday carry. You know, before we got started here today, um, we're all carrying different um, firearms, if you will. But the do you carry the same everyday carry gun every day? Um, I have two guns. I have the G42 or the G43X that I carry. Mm-hmm. And usually it's the G42. It's a smaller gun. I can't even feel it on me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in my waistband. And I do, um, I do need to make it a habit of practicing with that more from holster, which, um, even when I don't which practice for a while. Question. Yeah. So even when I don't practice doing that for a while, I'm still pretty fast. I mean, I can get my gun out and put five rounds on target in a second. So, so. Then my next question is, is when you go to the, you know, go to the range, which, you know, obviously you're at the range all the time. Um, do you shoot your EDC gun at the range? And I already know the answer, but I'm asking for our listeners. Do you shoot your EDC gun every time that you go out there or are you shooting other weapons? So I should shoot it every day. I do not. I agree with you. So I'm the same. My answer is exactly the same. Yes. So when people, and I'm going to actually go ahead Doug, same questions to you. What? I have two. I have fat day gun and skinny day gun. Mm-hmm. And a, I know that sounds weird, but so they're actually the same length of gun. So I have a G45, which is a 19 length slide with a full size grip. And I have a G48, which is a 19 length slide, but it's skinny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so depending on what I wear, um, I may want something that's a little more slimline, mm-hmm. depending on what I wear. Maybe a, a sweater, like today I'm carrying a full size gun. Um, but it's got the same optic system, so it, when I look through it, it looks the same. It's got the same trigger, so when I pull the trigger, it feels the same, same weight. It's just one's a little skinnier and one's a little bigger. Yeah, that's something I want to circle back to after um, we get off this topic here is is that you just said the same optic, same all that, and, and with, with regards to Glock. But So um, so do, do you shoot that? Those guns, do you shoot I them every the, time you go to the range? Well, not because, yes. Because I'm, I have a range at home. So there will okay. be days that I devote to working on drawing from concealment. Um, I have different apps. Like on my app, I have an Apple Watch, and it has one app called ShotBud, which is free. And literally you hit the button, and it will vibrate. When it vibrates, it will listen for the first shot. So one of the goals I have is to be under 1.5 seconds from concealment, get the first shot off. If three seconds is the time I have, I want to make sure I get it off before that. Um if so there's I'll, some sort of technology that helps him improve his shooting, he has it. Yeah. So. Right. That's <laughs> uh, how I went from not being a good shooter to being a pretty proficient shooter when, within three years because I've yeah. utilized technology that we have Well, especially to you us. did it during a time where there was very little person-to-person interaction with right. somebody who – A lot of – Right, wrong, or indifferent. With great with, content on YouTube. Um, I joined a Warrior Poet Society. It's an online yeah. thing you can join. They have uh, pistol classes online. You can watch. Like I learned my grip uh, for pistol and for rifle and um, all these great things that I was able to pick up online that you know I didn't have any personal coaching with. But now I have Mike uh, who teaches us some things, and I actually have an online, co- online coach as well, Tim Heron shooting, uh, where he analyzes my video of me shooting, and then we have weekly, uh, monthly calls where he goes, okay, so we're, you know, we're, this is what we're working on. If your goal is to be one of the top shooters in, in the country, we need to shave these seconds off. And, of course, the things I'm working on, Andrews, are always really good at. So, like you said, competition. Right. Yeah. So a reason I bring that up is because we get asked all the time. And we released a video recently on our uh, YouTube channel um, about what is the best everyday carry. 
And my answer to that is the best everyday carry is the one that you're going to carry. And there are all kinds of different opinions out there. And I'm not going to say that some of them are right and some of them are wrong. Um, because it's, it's, it's truly an opinion. You've got people that will come in that, that are going to carry a 1911. That's their everyday carry. And the reasoning is, you know, anywhere from, well, we've run two world wars with it and by gosh, you don't need to change anything. And, you know, to a point they're, they're right. Um, yeah. great weapon, reliable. own one, reliable, fun to shoot. Everything about it is, you know, awesome. Heavy. However, <laughs> it's heavy, but because it's heavy, that also helps with recoil also helps with getting back on target. Um, you know, there's, then you go down the, the rabbit hole of, you know, the night 1911 should only be in a 45, right. you know, but then if you take that over and put it into a nine millimeter platform, boy, the, the, the enjoyability of shooting a gun does not get much more fun than shooting that 1911 with nine millimeter. Um, and then from there you've had the offspring, the, 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 the change alteration, whatever you want of the 1911 into the, you know, the coin 2011, right. You know, double stack. Yep. Um, gun. And again, very enjoyable gun to shoot. If I'm going to the range to shoot, that's the gun that I'm going to shoot for fun. Right. And but, I would recommend, you know, shooting the gun first, going out and shooting the gun, putting. Yeah, with regards to through. the everyday carry. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Before yeah. actually buy But on one. the other end of the spectrum, Andrew talks about how, how he can barely feel it, but he feels it. It's not the most comfortable thing to well, carry. And, and that's where I'm weapon. going with the everyday carry is, is that are you. So if you're carrying that heavy gun, that 1911, if you're carrying that 1911 every day, and the goal is not to ever, hopefully. Never ever, ever have to use it. But if you did, you've got it. You're ready if needed. Well, if yeah. you're not going to, if it's so heavy, are you going to, uh, I'm not going to put it on when I run to the you know, convenience store real quick right. just to grab, you know, or go to the grocery store, grab a loaf of bread. I'm not going to put it on there. It's, you know, nothing's going to happen. And that's, you know, Murphy's then, Law, that's when you're going to need it. Those that's are the times that scare the most when I'm like, I forgot my gun. Dude, I, nothing's going to happen. I'm going to go in and out. And I know. went on vacation last year to Florida and... Flew. Felt naked the whole time, didn't you? And what's really, really crazy and scary, and I 100% the good Lord was looking over me. My wife was with me. We had been at this, um, it was Anna Maria Island. We'd been there for two hours, tops. Didn't know the area. We were on a golf court, ran and got some groceries and stuff. Started pouring down rain to no, I mean, like no other. And we were laughing, you know, we're like, heck, we're on vacation. Who cares? Let's just jump in the golf cart and go anyway. So we jumped in the golf cart, you know, it had lights turn signals. It was, you know, dark, just, just, you know, right at getting dark sunset and turned onto this street. And all of a sudden this guy pulls up, right. And I'm talking, he was on the bumper of the golf cart, full blown honking the horn. And I'm talking torrential downpour. I mean, it was, you couldn't see in front of you. And so I'm like, you know, Hey, go around, go around, you know, put my, put my arm out to left. My wife's like, go around, go around. And it went on for better part of over a quarter mile. And mm -hmm. we're doing five to seven mile an hour, maybe. Jeez. And this guy's just, I mean, I'm not talking honk, honk, honk. I'm talking laying on the horn, consistent, never let up. And so he starts to, you know, go around us. And when I say he goes around, I'm in a golf cart and I literally could have touched the side of his car. And he cuts right back in front of me, slams on the brakes. I slam on the brakes and I bump into him with the golf cart because the, the golf cart, I mean, I, we only went a foot, but, you know, I hit the brakes. And I immediately, in my mind, I'm thinking, 
oh, dang it, I haven't even been here 30 minutes and I've already ran into this dude. And like, you know, how did I let this happen? And it's because it's raining, I just kind of stand up in the golf cart and lean forward. And as I lean forward, so I don't get wet, more wet than I am, you know, and as I lean forward, I look up and this dude's already coming at me full, I mean, punches me. And the first reaction I had was I reached for where right. my gun was and it wasn't there. Jeez. And in the meantime, and, and in the meantime, he hits me two more times. And then there were some people that were walking by and they came over, three or four guys came over. And then all of a sudden the guy, I don't know if he, I don't know if he snapped or what, but then he jumps back in his car, takes off. And the irony of the whole deal, what was funny was, is that, um, I remember thinking to myself, if that's all you got, bud, you had me dead to rights and, you know, you hit me three, four times and I'm still right here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, of course, my first reaction was I was worried about my wife because um, sure. I didn't know if he had a passenger or whatever. And so um, we were right in front of the police station. I mean, it mm -hmm. literally was right in front of the police station. So my wife's, you know, this all happens in 45 seconds. And she called on the phone with 911 and, you know, where are you at? We don't know. We're describing the building. And they're like, well, you're right in front of the police station. Just a torrential downpour. These other guys are standing there and they shut the entire island down, found the guy within 45 minutes. And, you know, thank goodness he was arrested. But, um, you know, I had a really good black eye and, a, you know, I guess a, a, a story. I don't know if it was good. Um, but they caught him and, you know, he, you know, he's whatever. The, the, the system's going to work everything out from there. But, the rest of that trip, I was literally thinking and and praying and like, you know, thank goodness that it happened the way it did because um, I would have had every right to, yeah. do, to, to protect myself and defend myself. And I'm pretty certain at four feet, even though I hadn't practiced in a couple of years, I don't feel I wouldn't have missed at all. And what's funny is my wife carries every day and she reached into her bag where her mm -hmm. she normally would have kept it and hers was gone. Yeah. That feeling of not that naked feeling once you've carried for you know 15 17 18 years now that i've carried every day is just crazy um it's it's just a feeling you don't have and well and that's the other thing you can't always rely on that tool you need to have mm -hmm. other tools in your tool bag so yeah. like my four daughters have been involved in jujitsu yeah and i've done some up keto and different things so, and i know andrew has some skills in that yeah and, and that's something that i wanted um, I, my, personally after that happened it's something else that i've you know, once we get the, the everything going, you know, in the right direction here with the shop and everything like that, we're, bring, we're adding on additional staff and everything like that. That's that's another it's thing that it's I'm, important to have you be yeah. well versed in and, your ability and, to protect. And I would tell you, I'm I, I think I'm able to protect myself and right. defend myself pretty well. I was you, you can know, obviously take a punch. Yeah, yeah. Well, I worked <laughs> at a bar for you know nine years and was a bouncer and you know knock on wood, I I, I don't think I've ever I guess call it call it get get my ass kicked, but. Um, I, you know, as you get older, man, that just sucks. Well, you yeah. didn't tell us what he looked like. I mean, I'm sure uh, he was, yeah, he was up in black he, and blue after two, right? Yeah. No, actually, I never, I never laid a hand on him. Yeah. I never threw a punch, nothing. Those guys jumped in to save you. Well, they, they jumped in and, and, and I had actually kind of turned towards my wife. So he was hitting me in the back of the head cause she was to my right and he came up on my left side. And when I realized that I didn't have my weapon, then I just, you know, kind of, laid on her because not laid on her, but kind of grabbed her shielding her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I was looking to see if there was somebody else coming from her, from the passenger side. And, you know, it was just a really, really unfortunate situation, but yet it was a learning experience for me. Um, and you know, it's, it goes back to that, that feeling of, and I can tell you that boy, it hasn't happened again that I don't have my weapon on me. Right. Um, 
and when we go on vacation again, it's something that's, you know, definitely in the fourth, you know, forefront of my mind. And, and this area we were at when we, the police came, you know, paramedics, EMT, everything, my wife wanted me to get checked out and I was fine. Um, they were just dumbfounded. They're like, this does not happen here. You know, it's tourist area. Um, you know, the, the prosecutor, I've talked to them and they're like, just literally does not ever happen ever. Mm-hmm. And so, but anyway, kind of got off course with that, that crazy story, but talking about an everyday carry is the everyday carry, the best everyday carry is the one that you're going to use, the, not use the one that you're going to carry. And, but yes and no. And it sounds well, weird. Tell us you, you have to sacrifice some comfort possibly. So my wife used to love to shoot the Ruger LCP, tiny little thing. My wife carries that okay. sometimes. But she shoots it like crap. Yep. Okay. Whereas a Glock 43, she shoots very well. For record, I didn't say that my wife shoots like crap. I was just saying <laughs> the yep. gun does. The gun. I was, yeah, I was just saying yep in general. No, but yeah. So we did a test because I know she likes to carry a small gun because it's <laughs> easy to carry and it's one she would carry every day. But when it comes to performance and having to maybe use that gun if needed, would it do the job? Would she be proficient at doing it mm-hmm. and using it? And the reality was that with our testing at home, it wasn't as good as was shooting something else slightly bigger that she could also conceal. But she's going to have to sacrifice a little bit of comfort so to carry it. Where did she land? She we actually fell on a forty three, Glock okay. forty three. So, so slightly bigger than the Ruger, um, still a little bit bigger than the forty two, um, but not as big as like a Glock forty eight. So she has a G forty eight in her in her van. It's on a magnet. Stays there all the time. She carries a Glock forty three with her wherever she goes. So um, very similar um, um, experience with my wife, um, Ruger LCP. Because of how small it was, comes with that little, you know, soft side of pancake holster. Um, and she still will, you know, carry it. And also, there's always, uh, honestly, there's also times where if I'm, you know, if I'm with her, we're in her car, um, and, you know, I want something that's more comfortable or whatever, then I'll, I'll grab that and throw it in my back pocket or whatever. Right. Something's um, better than nothing. Yeah. Obviously. And, but that's my point with, with when I started asking the question is, do you carry, do you shoot your EDC every single time? That, Little Ruger LCP is not fun to shoot, Mm-mm. but it's very handy and very concealable. So, again, what's the best EDC? The best EDC is the one that you're going to carry because if you're not going to carry it, then it's not there when you need it. Well, uh, and Mike has, I know he said in the podcast with you, he has several guns that you can go out and test. Yeah. And if you're wanting to find something to shoot before you come to your shop and buy it, a, a range like Mike's. Forge you the opportunity to find out what really does fit for you. But you'll end um, or leave the range getting a Glock though. So, yeah, if yeah. you go, if you go with, with <laughs> yeah, if you go out to see Mike, it's gonna be it's gonna be a Glock, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so again, back to the EDC with both what what you guys both said the same thing that I've said is is that when I go to the range, if I'm going to have fun. If I'm going to enjoy shooting, which obviously all three of us sitting here, you know, greatly enjoy shooting. Um, I do, I'd rather be shooting than I would, you know, ever playing a video game or, you know, really just about anything else other than hunting. I mean, that's kind of part of it though, too, but, um, whether it be shooting archery or shooting, um, you know, guns, I'd like to be shooting. So if I'm going to go shooting, uh, I'm not going to, the entire time I carry a SIG 365X, I'm not going to be shooting that gun every time because it's not that enjoyable to shoot because it's small and it's concealable. Mm-hmm. And so then that leads me to, you know, back to the, you know, what's the best EDC gun. And, you know, people kind of 
will give you a hard time when you, there's no definitive answer. It's what's the one you're going to carry. If I'm talking to somebody who's six, five weighs 375 pounds that 1911 isn't, that's not a, that's not a big gun. Nope. And they them, can conceal it well, probably. And they can conceal it well. Yeah. But if I'm talking to somebody who's, you know, five, eight and weighs, you know, 165 pounds, not, <laughs> not pushing it there. Block 42. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah, exactly why. Good. That's exactly why I wear the Glock 42 because yep. you can't even see it. If I wear the 43X, depending on like my clothing, if I have like a slim fit shirt, you can really see it. Mm-hmm. But this, I mean, I can barely feel it. And I do honestly think it's comfortable. I'm so used to wearing it. And where do you it just, carry? It's just right. Appendix. Um, yep, appendix, appendix right there. And I mean. So both you and Doug carry appendix. Yep, appendix in the waistband. Mm-hmm. And I carry back hip, if you will, um, my shooting side hip. Um, for me. I did, I used to carry appendix, um, and I kind of played around, you know, just like probably you mm-hmm. guys did. But the reason I fell with where I was at was the appendix worked better for if I was drawing, if I was going to have to use the gun, but it wasn't that comfortable. And so then I was, I caught myself, you know, leaving it in my truck more or, you know, not wearing it as much. Right. And so that led me back to, well, I might not be quite as quick. But and it and it's a it's not quite as concealable, um, but I'm going to carry it more. And I literally once I moved to that, I I've never that's good never not carried it. What's best for you? Yeah, and then from there I practice with it from there. And and um, yeah, I'm a I'm a another big believer with regards to the EDC is holster getting the right good quality holster. And there's a ton of options out there. but lots of lots of money can be spent on holsters. You could fill an entire retail shop up with holsters right. and not have them all, and you wouldn't be in business for very long. No. Thanks to Doug, he purchases them all and tries them out, and <laughs> right. tells me which ones are good and buys them to me. So yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. That's um, what having good friends are for. Like, yeah. hey, I tried all these. Uh, this is you know between these and these. Yeah, figured out. And we, you know, in the shop here, we we carry you know a number of different holsters. But for me personally, the one I carry is an Alien Gear. Um, I like it because it's, um, comfortable, um, and it's of good quality and it's also got some adjustability and stuff to it. And so, um, I love it. Um, Doug, what do you use? And it sounds like Andrew, you're going to use the same thing. No, something I don't think similar. So. Uh, so I've started, I mean, I've started on Amazon when the very beginning cause we didn't right. know what, and then, you know, I, I, currently I'm in a tinea core, it's T-E-N-I-C-O-R, uh, they're, they make really good Glock holsters. Um, they have built-in wedging systems on the backside, so it basically does multiple things for concealment. It'll push the gun, the butt of the gun into you. It'll push the butt of the gun into you this way. Mm-hmm. Um, it does a lot of things to get the gun in a position that makes it concealable. Um, and that's to help make it conceal, you know, concealable and comfortable. Right. Andrew, yourself? I have the Vanguard. I think it's the Vanguard Raven 2, and it's pretty much just a trigger guard cover with a little clip. Um, and it has the same function where it kind of pushes the gun and away and towards you. So it's comfortable and you can't, I mean, it's very concealable. Mm-hmm. I can stand up right now. You can't even tell it's on me. Right. Um, and I keep it just a little to the right, um, on the appendix. And I mean, like right now sitting, can't even feel it. Right. So one of the things that you guys had mentioned earlier, I think it was you, Doug, that said, um, you know, with regards to the Glock, that's one of the things that, um, you can't knock the Glock's um, system, if you will, or the or the gun is, is that 
they're all for the most part, not, I mean, not even for the most part, they're all the same weapon, if you will. And that's one yeah. of the things that guys will knock on it is that, well, you know, the, you know, there's no difference. They all look exactly the same and everything. Well, from a functionality standpoint, if something goes bump in the night and your wife has a 42 and you're carrying a 19, the, the functionality between the two is going to be exactly, exactly the same. The same. So, well, and that's where you say, do I shoot my everyday carry every time I go to the range? No, but my everyday carry is a Glock. Do mm -hmm. I shoot a Glock every time I go to the range? Yes. And so with the ammo prices um, that, you know, have, have hit, you know, where they're almost as price that's the same as, uh, or more expensive as gold <laughs> um, with them coming out with a 44. Mm-hmm. We've seen, you know, and, and again, your dad sends a ton of people in here and, you know, we couldn't be more appreciative of it, but we've had people come in with the G44 and then once they get to the 44, that allows them to get the reputation oh, for sure. the practicing the, you know, the, the grips, the same, you know, everything other than weight yeah. is exactly the same. It's exactly like the 19, just a little lighter. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, with regards to that and, and, you know, even speaking of law enforcement officers, you know, we've had, we've got law enforcement officers that'll come in, um, or people that, you know, are in that line of field, if you will, uh, of, of work, um, excuse me. Um, and they'll ask, well, what's, you know, what's your thought on a, on a backup, you know, and some of them, you know, well, my first question is, is, well, what is your department? Well, Glock. Okay. Well then I really think you should be looking at a Glock because, if you're used to using a Glock and something happens and you're in one of those stressful situations, you probably want something that's the same. You're not gonna have to think about something different. Absolutely. Um, but there are, you know, there are those individuals out there that'll switch, you know, brands and that's their own, they can do what they want. It's their life. That's, you know, that they're, they're protecting. And so I'm, you know, I, I think that's one of the, you know, things about a Glock is, is that it's, it's all the same, looks the same, feels the same, all that. But, it's it's allows for that rip, rip, the repetitive the re, to be able to repeat and to get you know when you repeat repeat you get the same results and so it's uh you know it's a good thing um question for you for both of you and I'll start with you Andrew is uh with regards to dry fire and trigger you guys talked about that how much well first of all you already answered but you, you do it oh yeah believe in it yep. and 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 one of the things I also tell I've told our listeners before is is that you know, the old, the old don't dry fire a gun, um, you can dry fire guns. Oh, especially um, a Glock. It smooths the trigger out more. Yes. Um, I mean, I have a Glock that is my G17. It was, I think, one of the first guns my dad won at the Glock shoots, and that trigger is so smooth, and it's obviously from dry fire and shooting live rounds. Mm -hmm. um, but dry firing is good for it, um, and it, I, I didn't dry fire today. I will, but usually at least a hundred hundred dry fire repetitions a day make sure my i do it in my house but I make so what sure are you my doing magazine, dry fire? tell I'm, our listeners what what you, what, do you, what do you guys do so now with the new glock performance trigger you don't have to rack the slide, rack the slide every time so i just go from a low ready typically it's um, our competitions are from a low ready and i usually don't use any tools or anything i just go up to like a light switch uh, my light switch has been shot up a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> Imaginary shot up. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, had an, um, I had a buddy of mine who's an auctioneer tell me one time he's he's auctioneering off, auctioned off more telephone poles than you can shake a stick at. So <laughs> it's kind of the same situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I just – or the TV or whatever and just go up, pull the trigger, and then just depending on what I'm trying on like, or trying um, for it, most of the time I 
and shooting speed and accuracy. Um, we have an indoor Glock shoot coming up uh, this Friday and Saturday, um, and that is just a stationary target. It's what I talked about earlier from three yards to 25 yards. Um, you have to shoot fast, but it's more about just pulling that trigger all the way back, watching that front sight. And so I'm just making sure I have a good trigger pull. Um, but yeah, I mean, before when I had to wreck the slide every time, I just wreck the slide, pull up and just pretend like there's a bullet in there, mm-hmm. but, and just to pull the shot back, let it be surprised every time it goes off and just get uh, that muscle memory built. Yeah. yeah. It's no different than like practicing your free throw on the line, you know, working on the follow through or mm-hmm. practicing your golf swing before you take a shot or the guy in the batter's box working on this, you know, watching the ball. All those things are preparation for the real thing, right? So right. we're doing a lot of preparation stuff for when we actually shoot. So making sure you're comfortable with where your hands are at, where your body's positioned. Um, I do a lot of stuff with timers. Like since we compete with timers, I, I told Andrew um, and a lot of the professional, really professional shooters, they they when the timer starts to go beep, you you want to st- as soon as it starts to go on making a noise is when you start to move. A lot of people when they start in competitions they'll wait for the beep. And when it's done making a noise, basically it's a half a second. You start in the beginning versus going at the end, you're saving a half a second. If you do that three times, you're saving a second and a half. You do that over multiple stages, you're saving four or five seconds just by going on the very first of the sound and training your brain to reflectively and neurologically go mm-hmm. as soon as you hear a noise versus waiting for it to beep. Yeah. In it, you know, those things I practice because if I want to shave off time, I need to get to my where my nervous system recognizes. There was a movie called uh, Sea Biscuit. I don't know if you ever saw it. Right at the very end, where they're training the horse to go around the track, and they're going to use a, a fire engine bell. So the first thing they do is they use the bell and a whip, and they do it simultaneously. So the horse recognizes the whip, right? The, the movement, that sting, and then he goes. And eventually, they take the whip away and just use the bell. And because he's so conditioned to go off the noise now. You just bolt as soon as that soon as that bell sounds. So as soon as I hear that beep, it's one of the things I practice. I want to go up and be be ready to be on the target. Right. And so with regard to the two of you, I mean, for our listeners, if they haven't been able to figure it out at this point, obviously you guys are extremely advanced with your shooting. Um, but even as advanced as you are, you're still practicing. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's funny when you said, Andrew, you'd said a um, hundred. Uh, repetitions a day mm. um it made me think back you know jerry mitchellack anybody that knows anything knows i mean he's literally the, the, the fastest know, revolver the, shooter yeah, in the world yeah, he holds like eight or yeah. 12 world records or something he's just uh what was it three four, four eight rounds on target with a revolver and a reload in like six seconds or something like that, i think six? he did he did uh six rounds on target reload yeah, six that's rounds right. and 2.99 seconds. Yeah. yeah, in under three seconds. Yeah, so six six rounds in a revolver, reload, six and more. then six more in under three seconds. And then the same day, he, he set three world records that day. And then the next same day, he set that re- he set a record with eight shots on four different yes, targets. Something like that. In under... Under four or... Yeah, some... I don't know. I, I don't think it was under that a second. One. That was under a second. I think oh, eight it. rounds? Just... Yeah. I think he did eight... Six, I, it's a bunch. It's and quick. He didn't just walk into that. He no, he, and that was where I was going. Is <laughs> is that if you if you dig deeper into any of the YouTube videos, and I would highly recommend anybody that's interested in this kind of stuff looking. I mean, if you you probably have already heard about him. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting him. <laughs> Funny story. I met him at, at Shot Show uh, last year. Yep, awesome. nicest guy in the whole world. I'm standing at a. I think I was at the the Magpul booth, and I'm there's a guy talking, and at at first there's just two of us standing there, and um. 
I'm, I'm to my right is the, is the guy who's talking. And I honestly don't even remember what he, he was talking about some advanced, it was basically really advanced, you know, black ops type stuff for a, a sighting system or something. And, um, it was very technological. And then there was another gentleman standing to that guy's right. And so and I'm just standing there listening. I kind of walked up, you know, after he'd kind of already started talking to this other gentleman. And, and all of a sudden I heard this other gentleman that he's talking to talk a couple of times. And I was like, God, always sounds familiar, but I'm looking up in the air, you know, at this, this screen that he's showing all this stuff. And this guy goes, man, it's almost like you don't even need anybody to shoot anymore. And I thought, wait a minute, that's Jerry Mitchell. And I looked over and sure enough, it was, of course, then I'm like, you know, oh, yeah, slobbering all over my face. And my wife had been, she was taking a little break. So she was sitting, you know, in a couch, you know, on the other, you know, quite a ways away. So I'm like, I got to get a picture of this guy, you know? So, so all of a sudden I, uh, I, I, you know, I finally, you know, Hey, can you take a picture? And so then, you know, I had to ask somebody else to take a picture and I kid you not, it's the most dumbest picture you've ever seen in your entire life. I mean, I've got this, you know, like my, I'm looking cross-eyed, my <laughs> eyes are in. It was so bad. So I go back and I show, I hadn't even looked at the picture, you know, the, this lady, whoever this lady was, she was a very nice lady. She took a picture. It wasn't her fault. It was, it was, it was me. So anyway, I go back over to my wife and I'm like, Hey, hon, I just, you know, Jerry Mitchell, and she's like, Oh my gosh, really? You know, show her the picture. And she's like, Ooh, nice one. Yeah. You, you ought to put that one up in the shop. It's a good <laughs> picture. I mean, it was so bad. So the next day, he was at the Smith and Wesson um, booth, and um, I chased him it. down. I, I, I did. <laughs> I was like, "Hey," and I said, "I I took a picture with you yesterday." And he knew exactly who it was. Remembered. And I was like, "Man, I'm not usually one to bother you. I know you're working." I said, "But I'm. I really need to take a different picture." And I showed him. He's like, "Ooh." Yeah, we probably should take that, but can you send it to me? Oh wow! <laughs> he, you know, so just very down to earth, very approachable. But he he is the king of shooting, and not just I mean thousand yard nine millimeter shot. You know, um, yeah, he's 50, a three gun king. Fifty, and in, in his daughter as well. Oh yeah, uh, yeah Lena. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of shooting tips from her videos. Yeah, me too. Um, great resources, yeah. and that's from her. You know, yeah. And you had your podcast with your daughters and wife. Great stuff. Yeah. Women shooters are excellent shooters. Yeah. You know, and we're, that's exactly what we're working on with, with what you just referenced with the girls. Um, yeah, they're, they're starting the process. Um, probably this week we're going to go and, and start part of the content for that. And we've reached out to a couple of other, um, ladies in the industry, if you will. And yeah, we're excited to watch because I got four daughters and Andrew's got two and we're raising them. My older two are already shooting little, my first rifle, twenty twos. Yeah, nine year old and seven year old. That's awesome. Um, my oldest is being; she's able to handle the Glock forty four, which is that twenty two, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew's kids are probably starting yeah. to get into it soon. My seven year old is a little small, so she doesn't like. I think she's pulled the trigger on the twenty two on the G forty four a couple times, but it's mainly just the BB gun. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah and we started sure off with my, BB guns. Yeah, my three year old yeah. will probably be shooting. Yeah, before she I started off with BB gun. You know, walking in the in the field. Well, actually, it's software. You know, you start off. Where I, at least I did, you start off walking through the field pheasant and quail hunting yeah. with nothing, and then you were able to carry a BB gun. Right. And, you yeah, know. so we're excited to watch your girls and wife go well, thank through the you. process yeah, because our girls will be following that yeah. content. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what it was. Is I mean, for those of you that didn't listen, we just, um, you know, we started the podcast. Well, we started the the, the, the shop, and, and you know, my daughter's um, 29 um, is my oldest daughter, and my younger one is 26 years old. I'm probably wrong. She's probably 27 or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, and my wife, all of them 
and I could, couldn't, I couldn't have paid them growing up to go hunting with me. And then all of a sudden they both have kids and everything, you know, changes. everything changes. And we have the shop, we have, you know, you guys, we have your dad, we have, you know, our other pro staffers that, um, you know, that are, that have their expertise in their fields and they come to me, you know, a couple months ago, three, four months ago. I was like, Hey, I want to get, get involved. I want to, you know, I want to start learning to shoot. I want to learn. And so then all of a sudden the podcast starts and, you know, now we're going to have, have them doing their own thing. We're going to be shooting content and stuff with them to try and help others, you know, other ladies, um, learn what it's like to go through that experience. And, um, was, I think the statistics, something 58%, I think of first time gun buyers, um, over the last like year or two has been, uh, have been ladies. So it's, you had the last or the, the first, um, Oklahoma shoot they had there at the Red Dirt shootout. There was the largest attendance of female shooters there um, in any awesome. block shoot. I, mean, yeah. I don't remember how many, but it was probably close to 100. I would say so. close to 100 female shooters. Yeah, um, and for the ladies that are out there listening, I think we've talked about it before, but you know, maybe you haven't listened to those podcasts. Is, is that the this industry, for the most part, there's always an outlier, is very welcoming, very ready to help, very ready to pitch in. And if you're a lady, I mean, there's so much information out there, and people that are willing to you know share their their knowledge. Um, you know, much like you two sitting here today and, and sharing stuff, yeah. you know, with them. So, well, and the word competition discourages a lot of people too. But if mm-hmm. you go out to the trigger guard shooting range and do a steel challenge, all the ROs, the range officers running you through the, the course, if they notice anything, they may say something, but they're not going to put you down. They're not going to make you feel stupid. They're going to say, good job, you know, regardless of your score. And if they, if they notice anything unsafe or something that could really, improve your shooting they may say something yeah um but for the most part um it's just to have fun you go out there your first still challenge you may be the very last place but you get hooked you start going out more yeah. and more and uh it's friendly everyone's having a good time absolutely so, so about- i know mike prides himself on making sure that his ranges run in a very respectful way yeah and that the ros are friendly uh, had I gone my first time and my experience would have been bad, probably wouldn't have gone back, but it was exceptional. And it's been that way every single time I've gone. I've been yeah, going for a couple of years. Um, so, yeah. yeah, good stuff well, there. I greatly appreciate this, gentlemen. It's been a fun blast having you guys sit here. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, seeing what you guys can yeah. can accomplish. Yes. Yeah, you and the rest of the team, what you guys can and accomplish. we are starting our own YouTube channel, um, GSF yeah. Pro. Um, we have one video on there right now, but one of our goals is to if people who are interested in shooting these kind of competitions that we can teach. We'll have some footage of us at competition so they can kind of follow us, but also you know, working from a timer. What's your grip need to look like? What are you looking at at targets? How do you address this particular stage? Um, we're going to put that content out. It'll, it'll be professional um, looking content so that, because if you go on online right now and you look up those kind of competitions, there's just really not much there. Yeah. So we're a couple of younger guys who have some driving ambition to want to do well at yeah, this. Yeah, and then you had kind of talked about that, and I'm super stoked and glad that you guys are starting that. Um, so, yeah, you want to tell them again what the what the GSSF Pro, that's the web page, or that's the page on YouTube. On YouTube. And mm-hmm. then are you going to, any other social medias? We can plug Trigger Guard, a Facebook well, page. Well, no, I'm just saying for your for your GSSF Pro stuff, are you going to have a social media page? Is any Twitter or at this moment we don't? Like I said, we just had that one video and it was just of us doing the the Glock shoot. But it's going to be primarily focused at the beginning for 
They're just getting it started. Yep. For right. the, yep. the Glock shooting and yeah. it'll be a, so when you show up, you don't feel like a fool, right? Like, yeah. what, what do you, what do you need to take? Like, what, what, what's required in your first competition? Like, how do you show it? Because there's just not a lot of information out there. So we're going to be the ones that help people know what to do and, uh, do it well and, and be confident that they can show up and, and have a good time. Yeah, if cool. you search it now, if you search anything about Glock shooting, there's barely any content. Or if it's, it's just somebody with a, a crappy phone filming. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a few good videos, but there's not a lot. So Yeah, well, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. And Thank you. Again, I can't tell you guys how much we appreciate you having on the Powder and String you know, podcast and look forward to seeing what 2023 and your guys' uh, team is able to yeah. accomplish yes, thank you have, very much. Uh, i think we have like 10 matches lined up for the year that's so awesome that we can drive to yep <laughs> unless uh, unless of course you want to sponsor flights and uh yeah well <laughs> there, there's always room for discussion right <laughs> right and put me on the spot like that. <laughs> you're about as bad as dylan yeah <laughs> all right well hey thank you again for being on here thanks to our thanks listeners we greatly appreciate you guys tuning in if you would please go like subscribe download our podcast we need all the help we can get And until we talk next time, thank you very much. Appreciate it.